as boys lines. As bold as lion. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. You're listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. Well, hey, welcome to the As Bold as Lions podcast. This is Derek Charles Johnson, and I'm glad you could join me today for another episode. We are um, just moving through and into the month of June. We're um, we're looking at some uh, passages from the Bible that are centered in the book of Psalms. Um, as always, the, the, a lot of the content, I won't say everything from the podcast, but a lot of it reflects, uh, some of the, uh, blogs and writings that I do. And these are available at DerekCharlesJohnson.com through my website. Um, you can also sign up there to have blogs and devotionals sent to your email inbox. Um, there's a tab, um, as bold as lions and you can put an email address in there and sign up and we'll get you on the email list. We, we do a blog every week. Um, just kind of a, a, a main theme that we're, we're talking about through a, a certain month, usually their month installments. And then on Mondays and Fridays, we send out a devotional and that's just, uh, something to kind of just keep you going throughout the week. I, I'm, I'm not always sure where, uh, people get their, uh, their spiritual nourishment, I guess, from week to week. And so if I can help in any way in that process of just, Putting the word in front of you, giving some some thoughts to think about, and maybe a prayer or something, an idea to pray about. Um, I'm glad to do that. So this, the whole theme of as bold as lions and the ministry that we do there is just to encourage, inspire, and equip. It's it's very simple, but to to come alongside Christians and encourage one another to inspire you to go deeper and to hopefully give you the tools to to live out your faith and. Just be bold. As bold as lines is is a, a verse right out of Proverbs is talking about the righteous living boldly for the Lord. And we don't run away from a fight, but we go right in and uh, we take the message of the cross, the message of the gospel with us as we go in. And um, God is doing amazing things. We are just excited, even even during this time, the season of life that we're living through and we're all collectively going through this time of you know, some uncertainty, some doubt sometimes, but great hope in the Lord. I, I don't think we, we need to be uncertain or have doubts if we are rooted and grounded in Him. So that's a big reason why we're doing this series, just talking about the Psalms, because there's, there's a lot of emotions in the Psalms. There's a lot of things that we can, we can kind of pull out and say, I identify with that and I, I can see where he's coming from. The writer, um, in, in his, uh, his thrust there of whatever he's trying to express to the Lord. I, I get that, you know, so we, we kind of can see ourselves a little bit through the Psalms and, and also see the, the character of the Lord. And, uh, he's just, his glory shines through throughout this book. 
And so we are talking about in this, this Summer of Psalms series and these podcasts that are tied into that. We are, are moving last week from uh, Psalm 23. We're, we're going backwards to Psalm 19. Uh, and then I think from here on out, the way I have it planned is, is just kind of chronologically throughout the rest of the book. We're going to look at Psalm 51, which if, if you know is a very uh, repentant, penitent type of a psalm that, that David expresses. Um, psalm 91, which is um, an, another just, um, you know, very strong um, statement of the Lord. And uh, I, I'm I'm not sure what the last one is. I think it's Psalm 138, but, uh, you know, there's like 150 Psalms and there's a lot that you could pick. You could spend months on, on this book alone, but I digress with all of that. We, um, are going to jump into Psalm 19 and first off, I just want to read through it. And so you may be familiar with this Psalm. You may not. Um, but, uh, let's just dive in and let's, there's 14 verses here. Let's just read that. And, uh, then we'll, we'll kind of start pulling out some themes and, and, uh, just discussing it a little bit here. So it says the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork day after day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom, leaving his chamber, and like a strong man, runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great re reward. Who can discern his heirs? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord my rock and my redeemer. And that is from the English standard version. These opening lines of Psalm 19, they're uh, truly some of the most beautifully scripted verses um, pertaining to God in all of scripture. And that's in my opinion, but I love them. Um, you know, if the Psalms are considered poetic works and they are, a lot of times they're lumped in with Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, I believe, Song of Solomon. Um, they're, they're talked about as these poetic books of the Bible, the Old Testament. Well, this is poetry. This is, this is definitely like in its holiest form. And we're talking about nature itself, the heavens, the earth, the sun, and it all points back to the Lord and it reflects his majesty. Just listen to this. It's a, it's just awesome. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. It's, it's just talking about everything that God has created. It, it all just pours out this language about him. And we'll, we'll talk about that. But, uh, 
We, we need look nowhere else for a glimpse of his handiwork than really to look at his creation. I think that's what Psalm 19 is, is talking about here. It, it leads us into deeper and deeper worship of the Lord to look in, and to see and truly acknowledge all that he has made. So, um, you know, for me, this, the, the words of the Psalm are, they're important for two reasons, two main reasons here. They, they point us to the nature of our Lord. And they cause us also to look at our own hearts in response to who God is. So, <clears throat> one, they point us to God, his nature, his character. Secondly, what is our response to who he is? And the Psalms are, are masterful at doing this. And they they bring us comfort and they bring us direction often as we, we pray through them. You know, as we looked at Psalm 23 last week, it's it's a well-known passage, and it brings to our mind rest in, in confident trust in the shepherd. So, once again, I want to pull out some key themes that I think are evident. Again, this is not exhaustive. This is this is kind of a, a Bible study, but this would be saying let's let's kind of dig into this together. And, and you may you may you may have one of those Bibles, or you have a journal that you can just write notes in, and you can say, "I'm I read this verse, and this speaks to me this way," or "I'm pulling out this this." truth or this theme as well. And and that's great. These are just kind of su- some suggestions. These are some things that I see as I look through these verses. And uh, honestly, we're not going to go line by line because that would take quite a while to go through um, these 14 verses and, and they're, they're just rich and deep, but we're going to kind of hit the highlights. And um, so let's, let's just dive in. Uh, first point that I pull out of Psalm 19 is that God's glory on display proves he is the creator. So as I mentioned um, just in the introduction here, these these opening ideas, these opening verses of the psalm, they build upon the, the idea that creation points us back to the creator, the heavens declaring the glory of God, the sky proclaims his handiwork. You know, that that's a powerful truth in that one verse alone. And we can wrestle, the world wrestles with this question. Um, we sometimes can as, as Christians as well. Where, where did man come from? How did the earth come to being? You know, and, and so forth. Just kind of this, this desire to, to know how we exist and, and how man, um, you know, became <laughs> how, how we, how we came into being, you know, just kind of that, that, that ultimate truth that, that so many of us are looking for. Well, the psalmist frames it as, as clearly as we possibly uh, can understand. He's, he's saying what is seen in nature and, and in the heavens, it all points back to God. It's, it's all from him. It all reveals him. And, um, you know, one big kind of theological term for this is, as you're going through a seminary or Bible school, they talk about uh, revelation and creation is, is uh, called general revelation. It's, it's um, looking at what is right in front of us in that revealing the nature of the Lord. There's, there's other times where we have specific revelation. There's, there's things from uh, looking at God's word where it's um, more specific, but nature and creation are considered this part of general revelation and that it speaks to the fact that there is a God and he created the heavens and the earth. Simple as that. Uh, the second point I have is the revealed glory of God. It goes out to everyone. So this might seem a bit obvious, but because nature is evident to all through sight and hearing and taste and touch, kind of through all the senses, 
smell, obviously, with uh, flowers and things like that. Um, it's something that every living human being must recognize. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. This is truly amazing imagery as we acknowledge nature is always speaking, yet the language it uses is accessible to all. It's not like it's just speaking one language or, you know, to these folks and other people can't understand it. It's like a universal language of, of what God is speaking through his creation. And we can all listen to it and we can all hear it. Um, there is this wonderful hymn and it's, um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. This is my father's world, but just, uh, all nature, uh, sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. There's this, there's these lines in this, in this hymn. And, uh, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like all of this points us to the fact that there's a, a creator. And, um, you know, Paul talks about this in Romans 1 20. He says, you know, really nobody's without excuse in terms of understanding who God is. He says, um, this is the verse, he says, for his un- invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Um, we have to understand that that everything about the creator is being revealed through his creation and if we miss it, it's really on us. It's not on him because he's, he's formed it. He's made it. It should all point us back to him. And, uh, finally here, the psalm, the psalmist kind of goes uh, on this, this little tangent about the sun running its course from its rising to its end. You know, and we all see the sun and we feel the effects of its heat. And we have to ask who, who hung the sun in place and, and caused its circuit to rise and fall each day. Well, it can only be God. A third point here in uh, Psalm 19 is that God's law stands forever, and it is good. So in the middle section of this psalm, say we're at about verse 7 to verse 11 or 12, the, the writer just kind of switches gears here, and he's, he starts talking about God's law. And it kind of seems strange because we've got all this this beautiful poetry and imagery about creation and God speaking through creation and, um, you know, just revealing himself through that. And then all of a sudden he starts talking about this, about the law and about God's precepts. And, uh, you know, until we kind of take a step back from that, it kind of seems strange because we're trying to connect the two. Well, I think it's because God is seen as the creator of all things, we can then correctly assume that his law is perfect and, and it's righteous. And in taking this turn, the psalmist is, is beginning to connect the glory and majesty of God to the law of God and, and finally our response to that law. It says the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. The thought here is that God can be trusted because his ways are perfect We've, we've already established that he's created everything. It all speaks of him and, and to him. It's made to reflect him. And so his laws must, must also be good because what he has created is good. If we go back to the creation account, if you, if you look at it and each, each day it just says, you know, this, this God saying it was good. And that, that, uh, final account, um, 
on day six, it says God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. This is after creating man and, and everything else, Genesis one thirty one. So we we know if, if his creation is good, I think we can connect the dots and, and make that leap to say his law, his precepts, everything that he has established for us to, to live and uphold, those are good things as well. And so the psalmist starts uh, kind of taking this turn. And uh, finally, it's just kind of um, some application there and response. And that's our final point today. We are guided by God's law and we long to be blameless before him. So in wrapping up this psalm, these last few verses center on a response to God's law and, and ultimately responding to his majesty. You know, God's word keeps us from harm. It, it, in keeping his word, we're, we're blessed. It says, moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. The ultimate blessing is our eternal reward. But we are we're also rewarded in, the, in this life by keeping God's standard and, and meditating on His ways. So there's the reward to come and and the reward we have right now. And we kind of talked about that a little bit last week. Just the hope that we have now and the hope that is to come. The psalmist is he's keenly aware of of his own desire to please and honor the Lord and. Tying this into next week as we go to Psalm 51, he knows when he has fallen out of fellowship with the Lord. We'll see that. And he wants to to always be in right standing with the Lord. And as he's finishing up Psalm 19, he, he's he's talking, he's connecting all of this, saying, your, your precepts are good, your laws are good. I want to follow them. I want to uphold them. Um, he knows he has the capacity to transgress and, and break fellowship with God. We all do. We all have sinned and fallen short. Um, it comes, it comes through willingly, um, doing these actions, avoiding what God says to do. Sometimes, uh, sins that, uh, we talk about sins of omission and sins of commission, things we willingly do. And, and some things we, we decide not to do, which are, are sins as well. Um, but these are not the things that he seeks for his own life. He says, keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. So just some final thoughts as we, we wrap up here. And I just want to make sure I'm, I'm clear about, um, some things as we, as we end our discussion. You know, one, you, you can go down this path of talking about the law. And really, uh, what it looks like to follow the things that David is talking about, David being the psalmist, the, the writer of Psalm 19, and um, what we are called to obey in Christ. Now, did did David have, um, we talk about old and new covenant, did David have uh, the new covenant where he was under um the, the law of Christ and, and had that? No, he was, he was looking forward to that, but he wasn't. Um, Messiah had not come. So we know that when Jesus uh, fulfilled the law, and it talks about this in Matthew 5, verses 17 and 18, we are now under the law of Christ. And um, that's a, that's mentioned in Galatians 6, 2. We no longer fall under what is considered Mosaic law, the, the law given down to, to Moses, but um, at the same time, the eternal word of God still speaks. Um his word is a means to guide us. It helps us live righteous and holy lives before him. And that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So when you have Psalm 19 state something like the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul, the testimony of the Lord is true, making wise is simple. There's no contradiction here for those of us who are in Christ. We're not like looking back at the law and saying, well, that, that doesn't apply anymore. Really, Christ came to fulfill the law. And, um, we, we have the law. We have these, um, precepts that are throughout scripture now that really help us to live uh, righteously and to live in the process of sanctification, which is just a big fancy word of, of just a process of, of becoming more holy and more like the Lord. And I believe that's a process that we are in from the moment um, we accept Christ to the moment we die. We are in this process of sanctification, of being more like him. So um, really, I just wanted to to make sure that that kind of made sense as we're talking about the law and, and the Sometimes it's easy to kind of stumble over that word and be like, what does that mean? You know, Jesus came to fulfill the law and we're not under the law, old covenant, new covenant, all this, this type of stuff. Yes, but we still look at all of scripture, all the New Testament as the word of God, as his law and statutes. And, and, uh, we, we have freedom in Christ. Um, to, but that, that freedom allows us to live righteously and, um, blamelessly before him. And so hopefully all that makes sense. I wanted to, to make sure that that I, I took some time just to address that. And if you guys have questions at all, as we're going through passages and you're like, well, what is this talking about? What does this mean? Um, please feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm always available. And I love just to discuss things further, um, kind of offline and through email or, or uh, messaging or whatever, because, you know, God's word is alive and it, it's active and, um, it speaks to us now. It speaks just as much as it did when, when this was written. And certainly this was Old Testament. And even during the time of Christ, they only had the Old Testament. They only, they didn't have the New Testament. They didn't have all the, uh, the gospels and, and the letters after that time. That's, that's what we live in the, the blessing of having. But they did know that what was in the Old Testament was pointing them to Messiah and it was pointing them ultimately to Jesus. They had the law and the prophets. So guys, it is wonderful to dive in each week and I hope you're blessed. Um, again, share these around, pass them. Um, just, I hope this podcast is used to, to just, um, edify your own life, to, to help you grow in the Lord in whatever way, big or small that it, that it does. And, um, I totally would love to hear from you um, through email, info at DerekCharlesJohnson.com or through the website. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, places like that, and, and connect as well. But have a wonderful week. And uh, uh, if there's any way I can be praying for you, please drop me a line as well, because I'd love to just um, just be an, another prayer partner for for people that, that are willing to, to reach out and... and um, I take that as, as just a, a humble privilege to to be able to pray for people and and to lift up uh, one another's burdens. So Ephesians five fifteen through seventeen to close us as we go out. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. God bless you guys. Hey guys, this is Derek Charles Johnson. You have been listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am a blogger, a songwriter, an artist, 
And if you've been encouraged by this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and share and head over to DerekCharlesJohnson.com for more encouraging content. God bless.